Welcome to the Truman Charities Podcast, a community of caring. I am Jamie Truman, your host. I'm one of the co-founders of Truman Charities. Our organization has raised over $1 million for several different charities as we share our message of helping others and paying it forward. We plan to continue to educate our audience on the culture of giving. On this podcast, I will interview fellow charity founders, volunteers, sponsors, and other people in the community who will share their stories. You will hear and be inspired by their selflessness and passion for helping others. Welcome to another episode of A Community of Caring, the Truman Charities Podcast. Today, my guest is Tracy Quisenberry, who is the founder and executive director of Icing Smiles. Tracy, how are you? I'm doing well, Jamie. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Of course. You know, one of our uh, board members came up to me and started talking about your organization, and I just absolutely love it. So I'm so excited to kind of dive a little deeper into your organization and learn more about it. So can you kind of tell us your background and your story? So I don't come from a creative or food background. So I'm actually an international tax specialist. I've worked in the corporate world for I'm afraid to say how long, but for multiple decades, let's just put it that way, but always found that there was something missing in my career. Ended up having two premature babies, which gave me kind of a glimpse into the world of critical illness uh, with kids. Neither one of mine had life-threatening conditions, but it, it still rocked our world Um, So while I was on family medical leave with my second, I kind of took up the craft of uh, cake decorating, absolutely fell in love with it and felt more in love with the reaction of the kids when they would see these custom cakes, especially the three-dimensional ones. So honestly, was just looking for a way to use that skill and, and give back more So I I started looking for who could be the recipients of cakes that I wanted to do. And and I was just naturally drawn to medical kids. So that's the kind of brass tacks of where we got started and what my background is. Is it because your, I guess your experience with having two premature children, is that why you were drawn so much to helping other kids in critical care? So it's a combination of two things. One was all the way back to college, I did a Penn State's dance marathon for Hershey Medical Center. And the kids that came to kind of cheer us on and their attitudes while they were going through these life-threatening illnesses just really made me in awe of them. And then as a mom, realizing what these kids are going through and these fear that you have for your kids I think that's really what kind of solidified who my target audience was going to be, or my target recipients, I should say, was going to got up and running. When I was on your website and I was reading a little bit about your story, I loved when you said, you know, I, I made my first cake for my son and I have to admit it was, it was really ugly. It was awful. <laughs> it was awful. As a matter of fact, kind of a funny story along those lines. So I brought in pictures into work after my son's party. And I was so excited about it. I thought it was like, so cool. But my, one of the girls who was working for me takes a look at it and she goes, that's a pineapple with a beak. 
it was supposed to be a rubber duck. She's like, that looks like a pineapple with a beak. And I kid you not, it really did. And from that point on, all I can see when I look at this cake is a pineapple with a beak. But the kids loved it and they thought it was the greatest thing. So, you know, I got a little bit better after that. But, you know, the quality of the work that we put out now as an organization, I can, I'm not even qualified to bake for my own organization anymore. So I did this whole thing to because to, I wanted to bake more. And it turns out I don't bake at all now. So, <laughs> well, I was looking on your Facebook probably about an hour ago, and uh, my son's first cake that I made was for cars. He was very mm-hmm. into the cars movies. And one of your bakers made this cake for this child that was just, it was, a cel- they were celebrating the end of his chemo treatment. And I was blown away. It looks like a cake from like Cake Boss, that chef. Yeah. I mean, it is the best. It's the best cake I've seen ever. Um, So let's get a little bit more into that. But first, what were the early days like of starting Icing Smiles? What was that like? So, Jamie, it was very early days. It was kind of like, all right, whatever. You know, I'm going to serve these kids. And I have a business background, enough law background to know that you're serving sick kids food. You had to protect yourself. And um, my ex-husband is an FBI agent, and I knew that there this would be a non-starter, so putting our own assets at risk. So I, I honestly formed Icing Smiles with the thought that it would stay very small. I was, a, at that point, a stay-at-home mom. We had just moved out to Columbus, Ohio from the Maryland area. And I said, all right, let's just do this, and I'll, I'll stick with the Columbus area. So that was in January of 2010, we did our first cake. At that time, Facebook was really starting to get popular and a lot of people were on, a lot of people were sharing and they were telling you everything about their lives. And I had some friends see what I did and shared my the story of this very first cake delivery. From that point forward, we kind of took off. And one thing led to another, Parents Magazine picked us up six months in. And that's where um, the proverbial stuff hit the fan. Mm -hmm. I'll never, it was June 27th of 2010. And I was at the Columbus Zoo with my kids and the Parents Magazine blog hit. And I had 400 inquiries on how to volunteer in a two hour timeframe. So it was, we had some big decisions to make at that point. You know, I, I didn't really know the nonprofit world very well. And I was looking to keep, stay small with this. And I said, okay, either this goes and I ride the momentum or we shut it down. And ultimately, clearly I decided to ride the momentum and, and it, for the first five to eight years, it was a complete runaway train of us trying to just catch up and build the infrastructure. I mean, I didn't have a volunteer up. Or a family application. So it was, it was a challenge. Wow. I can't imagine coming back and seeing 400 emails yeah. that, but yeah. how did that feel? It was exciting because it was fascinating to feel that I thought the problem was going to be finding people willing to give away their art. I mean, the work that we do to the point that you made already, the cakes we do are not your grocery store cakes. So you're talking a good 10 hours minimum upwards of 60 hours. So, you know, those kind of cakes, you're asking a lot of somebody to give them away. And I found the exact opposite. I've got a ton of supply and we're slowly building the demand and getting our name out there. So it's a wonderful problem to have, but it was a problem, you know, so it was a challenge. 
Yeah, I actually was on your YouTube and I watched you have a video of kind of recapping 2020. Yeah, 2020. And it said that you had served 22,229 cakes. That is exciting. Yeah, we just delivered in, I think it was December, end of November, beginning of December, 25,000 went out. And it was just, it was amazing. I mean, and the cake was amazing and the the big with the child and he was big into motorcycles and, or whatever BMX, I'm not even sure what they were, but he got the kids big bike redone. And it, it just, that's the impact of our mission. It's very, it's very direct. It's very, it's all connection driven, which is why we don't work through sugar. Uh, I'm sorry. We don't work through social workers. So we work directly with the families so that they can establish these types of relationships. So, so what are some of the most memorable cakes? Um, this is a hard question. So it's really not actually, I could talk for hours. So watch your time. <laughs> <laughs> so there's memorable cakes and there's memorable testimonies and they tend to go hand in hand. I would say, you know, from a cake perspective, we've had cakes that, shoot fire, like fire breathing dragons. It just, uh, you know, that have like these, you know, if it's a NASCAR, you know, they'll, it'll pop the gun with the flag, you know, I mean, amazing, amazing designs. You know, I like to joke that we're way better than cake boss. Um, And, you know, he just, he just has the TV following. We've got the talent, but, and I agree. So amazing artists that, that commit to this work. And then the testimonies, um, you know, it doesn't really matter what the cake was. It was the impact on the child. So you can have an amazing design or you could have just something a little bit better than a grocery store cake. If it has an impact, that's all we care about. So from a testimony perspective, one of my favorites, it was a child. It was a rush cake, end of life situation. We delivered the cake on Saturday and it was a three-dimensional Diego cake from Dora and Diego. Absolutely to die for cake. Stunning. And I got pictures from our sugar angel and I knew it was clearly end of life. I wasn't even sure that the child even knew that a cake was there. He was in a hospital bed. His eyes were closed, probably sleeping. And it was just sad because, you know, at end of life, they spend a lot of time sleeping. So I thought, we're too late, (laughs) but uh, we got an an email from the mom on Monday morning and Jamie, I kid you not, the child passed away Sunday and she took the time to write and I'm going to get choked up. She took the time to write us an email on Monday morning and it was filled with joy. And I'm like, how can this be filled with joy when she just lost her child? And she said, I never expected my child's last day on earth was going to be a celebration. You created that. Uh, you know, you gave us a reason to celebrate. You gave us a reason to pull our family together, to be with him in the end and not make it just this totally horrible mm-hmm. occasion. We celebrated him and we never thought that was possible. So there aren't too many jobs on this earth that can have that kind of impact. And we're just blessed to be able to do it. So that's a big one. Oh my gosh. You have me like tearing up. <laughs> it's hard not to. That's such yeah. like a gosh, heartbreaking, but just incredible story too. Thank yeah. you. Now I know why you spend so much time doing this. 
It really yeah, is. Incredible. Like I said, I could talk for hours. I mean, there's another one just on, on another kind of side note, I guess. Um, we had quintuplets in like rural Kentucky and we didn't think we'd be able to find a baker and they wanted five dream cakes all on the same day. And I, you know, we kind of tried to manage their expectations that it might be one dream cake and we'll figure out something for the other kids. We found a baker that did five different themes, five dream cakes that day. And the child reached out to us and said, for the first time ever, I'm happy I have cancer. My siblings have never had their own birthday cake and you made that possible. So again, you know, I would love for us to be able to find a cure, but we like to say at Icing Smiles, like until there's a cure, we're going to celebrate these lives. Mm -hmm. Just give them a reason to have normal memories and an escape and, you know, something to celebrate. So I know that people are thinking right now, like, how can I help? How exactly does this work? So how do you become, you know, I know on there you say to get involved, you create a smile, you receive a smile, you give a smile. So can you explain a little bit more in detail about that? Sure. So creating as a smile is base, your basic volunteer. You know, you don't necessarily have to have any skills in the kitchen. Obviously, we're always needing additional sugar angels because you never know when there is, you know, the child right down the street from you that's, that's in demand. So that's one way. Another way is we have 130 administrative volunteers that are behind the scenes, everything from our social media, our accounting, our operations, you know, we need volunteers to help us continue to grow. And we're really trying to expand our local outreach. So those boots on the ground, you know, in Bethesda, Maryland, you know, how do we build our base and let people know that we're out there? That's obviously one way is the hardcore volunteering, just like every nonprofit. We always need funding. We're doing so much of what we're doing with volunteer resources. And that's where, you know, volunteer resources are hard to rely on for the core operations. You know, so funding is what allows us to get that software that that automates our processes, that covers our insurance, that helps our, makes it less risky for our volunteers to do what they do. So anyway, so there's always the donation and funding side of it where we can always use help. If you're interested in becoming a sugar angel, how do yep. you do that? So there is an application right on our website and you complete that application. You will be put into our database, which gives you access to all of our newsletters and everything else. And then what happens is as we get a request from a family, we use a geocoding um, software that allows us to match the family's location with our volunteers and we match up our volunteers by sending out a call to action. If you can't take that call to action, you simply turn it down and we move on to the next volunteer in your area. When we were talking a little earlier, you were telling me about a really fun event that you have that's going to be on May 19th called the Sugarthon, correct? Yeah, yes. it is. Can you tell so, me more about it? Absolutely. So we started Sugarthon last year as our first virtual fundraiser. We have been doing balls in different cities. We decided to go virtual and we've, we've chosen to stay with it. This year, we're kind of reinventing it a little bit and we're going back to our roots. I mean, our mission is to serve critically ill children. So the focus of the evening, it will be a live streamed event 
where we interview three families so that our viewers get to know those families. And from that, three themes develop. And we take those themes back to bakers that are in studio in uh, our Craftsy Studios in Minnesota, and they will be putting together what we call a mashup of those three themes. They will each do a cake that somehow has to incorporate those three themes, and it will be streamed live over a two-hour period. It should be a really fun event. It's going to be kind of like what you would see on the different cooking shows. Um, But this has a more benefit to it. So I like to say a little philanthropic side to it. That sounds so fun. So how does somebody participate in this? Honestly, what we need is people to follow us, to share, to get the word out, because this is not just a fundraiser, but a friend raiser. It's something fun to watch as a family. And the more people that view it, the um, better it's going to be for us from all sorts of ways. It'll bring in more volunteers. It will let more families know about us and it will bring in more donors. Talking about sharing, can you let us know what your social media handles are and your website? Oh, great question. They should be at Icing Smiles for both Facebook and Instagram. We do have a LinkedIn page. Um, I'm guessing it's probably the same. And then our website is www.icingsmiles.org. I love it. You made it so easy. I do keep here. it simple. I've been following your Facebook and Instagram for a while now, and it's incredible the type of cakes. I I think me describing on here, because you can't see it, this isn't visual, it's a podcast, it's kind of hard. So I encourage everybody to go on and take a look, because now you'll understand when you see these cakes, you'll be as excited as we are. (laughs) Yes. So you bring up a great point. That's the hardest part of our mission is getting people to understand that when we're talking about cakes for kids, we're really not talking about simple cupcakes or your typical round grocery store, eight inch cake. We're talking about works of art. Mm -hmm. So thank you for bringing that up. You're, you're spot on, but that's the hardest part of what we do. It is very visual. Absolutely. So is there anything that we haven't covered that you think people should know about icing smiles? I don't think you, you actually hit on a lot in a very little bit of time, but I would just say, you know, critics will say our mission is superfluous, you know, that there's so many better uses for funds like research. And, you know, I would just like to point out that, you know what, any effort that's put into a quality of life organization is impacting the lives of the kids that have these conditions now, and they deserve a wonderful quality of life. Again, we'd love to find a cure, but there are plenty of kids out there that are suffering for where a cure won't come in time. Quality of life organizations desperately need your support. I could not agree more. Tracy, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. And I'm really excited to share all this information that I've learned about Icing Smiles. And I definitely will be sharing a lot of the different cakes on our social media as well. Wonderful. Thank you, Jamie. We appreciate the opportunity. All right. Thanks so much. And thank you to all the people that have tuned in to listen to another episode of A Community Caring. Until next time, everyone. If you would like to learn more about our organization, please follow us on Facebook at Truman Charities or Instagram at Jamie underscore Truman Charities or check out our website, trumancharities.com. I hope you enjoyed listening and hearing stories of selflessness and caring. Thank you so much. And I see you next time.